And, um, you know, I'm going to do something uh, here this morning that, that I have done a few times, a few times in my many years of ministry. been preaching the gospel now for over 40 years. Um, and there have been a few times that I have done what I'm going to do today, but as I begin to pray and meditate upon this service this morning, the Lord brought to my memory a message he had given me well over 30 years ago. And uh, it's probably been over 30 years since I preached it. And um, so I had to go back in and all of that was back in the days of handwritten notes. And I know some of you probably thought it was with uh, tablets of stone and hammers and chisels, but we actually had pens and paper back in those days. And uh, long before, long before computers or even word processors came into existence, it's amazing the changes that have taken place in my 55 years of existence. Um, but I don't have those handwritten notes anymore. All I have is a burden uh, and the thought and uh, a few things um, that uh, uh, we have been able to salvage piece together and then the Lord helping me I believe last night in bringing it all back together again. So we're going to we're going to turn your attention to the book of Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1 and we're going to read it's a little bit of a lengthy reading and I would ask that you bear with me but I just want to be sure that you get the entire setting of where we are and what's happening here. Amen. Joshua chapter 1, and we'll begin with verse number 1. Joshua 1 and 1. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that... The Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. Now that's an important verse. We're going to come back to that, but that's an important verse. Verse 4, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. 
This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. <clears throat> then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. You know, there is, there is a doctrine that's been floating around for several years called the prosperity doctrine. That God wants you financially prosperous. Here, the Lord tells Joshua how to be prosperous. And uh, he said it's going to happen if this book of the law, this book, this book does not depart out of your mouth. And if you'll meditate in it day and night, it ought to be what you're talking about, what you're thinking about. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. It's what you think about. It's what you talk about. It's how you live. And he said, then you'll make your way prosperous. It's not just because you're a believer or you've professed Christ or you've whatever that you become prosperous. But he said, if you'll... Spend your days talking about, thinking about, and living the word of God. You'll have a prosperous life. And I can tell you, he wasn't talking about financial prosperity, but spiritual prosperity. And that's what God is far more concerned about. He said, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have, and I like this, good success. You know what that tells me? Not all success is good success. Uh, there, there is obviously something that we could call bad success. Some people could be successful at things, and yet it's not the blessing of God. Some success destroys individuals. But if you'll do these things, you'll have good success. Verse 9, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Is that what he said? Wherever you go, God is going to be with you wherever you go. Amen. Now, Look again at verse number three. Verse three says, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. Well, praise God. Every place the sole of your foot treads on, I've given that to you. So I want to I preach to you here for a while, teach, preach, however it all comes out, from this simple thought, put your foot down. It's time to put your foot down. Well, hallelujah. 
Praise God. Amen. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's lift our hands, lift our hearts. Let's ask the Lord to speak to us today. Can we do that? Everybody, let's talk to the Lord right now. love you. We praise you. Let's worship the Lord for a moment, can we? Come on, saints of God, let's create an atmosphere where God can do something here today. I really believe God has a special plan for this service today. Let's create an atmosphere. He dwells in our praise. Let's give God some worship here today. Let's give God some praise in this house. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. In this passage of Scripture, we see where God spoke very specifically to Joshua concerning the days that lay immediately ahead for him and for all of Israel. And God began this discussion, this discourse, with Joshua, the new leader of God's people, by, by making the simple statement, Moses is dead. Now, that was obvious. I mean, that's, that's really stating the obvious. I mean, they've gone through a time of mourning. Moses has been a central figure in the life of Joshua, especially for 40 years. And, and of all of Israel, those who are now with him, from the time that they were born, um, for the most part, there were those that were uh, under 20 at the time that their journey in the wilderness began. And so now these people are, are, are just bumping 60. Uh, they're late 50s, early 60s now. And, and uh, for the most part, for the most part, Moses has been there for the biggest part of their lives. This was a giant of a man in the eyes of every Israelite. Though there were times that they, they, they argued with him, there were times they questioned him, there was no doubt that he was the central figure and that he was the reason they were no longer slaves in Egypt. Are you with me today? T to make this statement that Moses is dead... I, I, I mean, obviously he's dead. There, there is a huge void that nobody is really going to be able to fill. 
and, and no doubt at this time there were a lot of the Israelites that are wondering what are we going to do? Our leader's gone. The man who helped us most is gone. I mean, we know, we know that Joshua has become the leader. Moses put his hands on him. Moses appointed him. We know that he's the new leader. But, but I'm going to tell you, transitions like that are not always easy. They're just not easy. And just because a man takes a position doesn't mean that man garners everyone's respect immediately. Well, praise God. You ever been on a job where uh, the person above you changed? There was a new supervisor that came in. You knew you had to respect them. You knew you had to obey them. But it wasn't just an immediate trust and respect. Hello? Moses, uh, or Joshua is now in this place. And for God to make the statement, Moses is, why is he say? why is God stating the obvious? Well, I want to tell you, I believe it's because what God was saying to Joshua was, Moses represents the past. The past is over. Moses was a great man. God constantly referred to him as my servant Moses. He wasn't just Moses, but he was my servant Moses. There's no question that the man served God. But we must also realize that those 40 years that brought them to that moment were 40 years of defeat, 40 years of loss, 40 years of death. Well... Is that right? Am I telling you the truth? And so 40 years of dark clouds hanging over their lives. And God is speaking now, not so much about Moses, but he's telling Joshua and he's telling all of the children of Israel, look, we got to move beyond what the past has shown us. Don't be mired in what has brought you to this moment. Now, I understand and believe. He meant what one man said when he said those that cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. I believe that. I agree with that. But I also agree with what President Kennedy said when he said those who look only to the past and present are certain to miss the future. And that, I believe, is what God was saying to Joshua. Yes, you've had a disappointing past. Yes, there's been 40 years of defeat and death and disappointment and discouragement, but it's a new day. There's something new that's starting to happen right now, right here. And you can't get mired in all the reports that you've had for the last 40 years. You can't look at how discouraged you've been for the last four decades. But Joshua, you've got to lift your head up. You've got to look on the sunrise. You've got to understand that a new day is dawning for Israel. And while you've had a past that is filled with defeat, you've got a future that's going to be filled with victory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Please understand what I'm saying today. I'm, 
I am not telling you that we need to forget what brought us to this moment. I'm not telling you that we need to lay aside the things that our forefathers uh, uh, paid for to bring us to this point. I'm not even telling you we got to forget about our own disappointments and doubts and discouragements. I'm just telling you we can't live there. Let's learn from it and let's move on. There is a future ahead. There is victory ahead. Do you understand that for millions of Israel's, Israelites to die, there had to be deaths every day for 40 years? Every day is another funeral. That's got to get you into a state of depression for a while. For a while. Until somebody gets a revelation. Well, hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? I know it's not Sunday night, but I feel something stirring here right now. I, I can just imagine that when they first left uh, and, 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 and they first started this journey, that, that uh, you know, the, the first day that somebody dies, that the, these men get together and they're, they're weeping and they're sobbing. They said, oh, oh, you know, uh, so-and-so just died. And, and then the next day, oh, no, there's been another death. And the next day, oh, God, how can we take this? But somewhere along the way, there had to be a revelation that hit that generation that was coming into power at that time that they realized what God is doing is he's getting rid of all of the doubt he's getting rid of those who refuse to trust uh, and he's raising up a mindset in a people and when all of that is gone it's time for us to take possession of the things God has been promising us uh, for 40 years now well hallelujah Praise God. I'm preaching this morning. I feel something in my spirit. I felt it last night that I've got to tell you, church, there's a new day that is dawning. There is something that's transpiring. There's something that's happening. And I don't care what reports you have heard about the past. I don't care what you've been told about yesterday. I'm telling you, today is a new day. Moses is dead. There is something that's happening. There's something that's taking place uh, and the past of defeat and discouragement is behind us uh, there is a future of victory oh, let's praise the Lord let's praise the Lord hallelujah 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 there's victory ahead, Brother Jared. There's victory ahead. But let me tell you what God said about obtaining that victory. It's right here in verse number three. And, and, and I, I know this seems like just a minor little statement. But there's something about this that grabbed my attention. Look at what he said again. Read it again, Joshua 1 and 3. Read that again. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given thee. This is what God said to Joshua. Joshua, there's a new land here. There, there is ground to be taken. 
And I'm making you a promise that if you can get your foot on a piece of property, it's yours. That's all you got to do. Just get your foot there. If you'll put your foot on that piece of property, it's yours. Oh, hallelujah. I, I, I can tell by the blank looks you're not quite following with me, but just, just, just stay there. God did not say to Joshua, you got to go in and build a house on that land. Did he? Every place that you build a house. How about every place that you spend the night? He didn't say that, did he? He said every place that the soul of your now, you know, we, we make a big deal out of Matthew 28, 19 in the name, singular. So can we make just as big a deal out of this? Every place that the sole, singular, of your foot, singular. Do you see God did not even tell Joshua, you got to be able to get both feet there. Joshua, if you can get close enough to the border of that property and just get one foot in there, just one foot, all you got to do is touch it. And if one foot touches that property, I'm signing the deed over to you. Oh, hallelujah. Everywhere that you can put your foot down, Joshua, that's yours. Now, I believe Joshua took that to heart. And in fact, I believe God drove that home in the very first conquest they made. When they crossed the Jordan, what's the first city they take? Some of you don't know. Jericho. The very first city is Jericho. And what did God tell them to do at Jericho? Joshua chapter 6, verses 2 through 4. Listen to this. The Lord said to Joshua, I've given you Jericho, the king thereof, the mighty men of valor. Here's what you're going to do, Joshua. You are going to do what? You're, you're going to do what? Compass. You are going to compass. That, that word literally means to march or walk around. You're going to walk around that city. Do you see what's going on? God said to Joshua, if you'll put your foot down, I'm giving it to you. And I'm going to prove that. So here's the way we're going to take Jericho. You don't have to raise your sword. You don't have to do anything except walk. You just put your foot down, Joshua. You get your foot down. Every step you make around the walls of Jericho, it's just one more assurance. This is ours. God has given this to us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. God said, if you'll just walk, if you'll just put your foot down, I'm going to give it to you. And he did. He did. Without them firing a shot, all they did was put their foot down and God gave them the city. The very next city they went to, do you know what it was? 
AI. Now, there's something interesting about AI. As, as most of you know, they lost the battle at AI. But, but let me show you something about AI. Joshua chapter 7, verse 3. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not, let the not go all up. the people go up, and let, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite AI, and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but few. Now, now look. He sent other men. Not all of Israel went to Ai, and Joshua did not go to Ai. Now, I'm not telling you that's why they were defeated. We understand why they were defeated, right? Achan sinned. Achan took from the spoils of Jericho, which was the first fruits of their conquest from Canaan, and anytime somebody takes the first fruits and uses it for themselves, God's not happy. Right? That's Bible. That's, that's scripture. And God was not happy. But I do want to tell you this. When they did take Jericho, it was a different, I mean AI, it was a different story than what it was the first time. No, I'm not saying they lost because Joshua didn't go. But I will tell you this, when they got ready to go back, here's the way it happened. Joshua chapter 8, verses 3 through 5, read. So Joshua, arose. Joshua arose and all of the people of war to go up against Ai. Joshua chose out 30,000 men, sent them away by night. He commanded them. behind the city go not very far from the city but be already and verse 5 and, I, and wait a minute and and I and I and all the people that are with me are going to approach under the city. Here's what I'm telling you. When they lost at AI, Joshua got to thinking about something. He said, you know what? God made me a promise way back there on the banks of the Jordan that if I could get my foot there, he'd give it to me. I'm going to make sure I get this one. I'm going to make sure this one's mine. I'm not going to leave any chance that we're going to lose again. I'm telling you, boys, I'm not sitting this one out. I've got to get my foot on the city of Ai. And if I can get there, it's mine. Oh, hallelujah. And I'm telling you that throughout the remainder of the book, every city that they went to, Joshua personally went into that city. He went into Makeda. He went into Libna. He went into Lachish. He went into Deber. Everywhere they went, every city they took, Joshua was always sure he got his foot inside the city. Oh, hallelujah. He made sure his foot was in that city because he had a promise from God. All I've got to do, I don't have to be the one that swings the sword. I don't have to be the one that shoots the arrows, but I do need to get my foot on it. And if I can just get my foot there for just a moment, God promised me it's mine. Listen, 
This is what I want to preach to you today for just a little while. I want to tell you something. We all go through times in our life, uh, amen, that we're needing things from God. We're needing victories. We're needing healings. We're needing deliverance. We're needing prayers answered. And I want to tell you that throughout that struggle, there is a range of emotions that every individual feels. There are times, amen, when our faith is riding high, but there are times when we don't know if God's going to do it or not. Let's be honest. But I came with a very simple message today. I came to tell you something. All God is wanting is for there to be one moment. One moment of clarity where you reach out to the promise of God and you put your foot on it. You don't have to get both feet there. You don't have to set up camp there. You don't have to spend the night there. But if for one moment, even while I'm preaching today, you can take one foot of faith and put it on that piece of property, I'm telling you, God is going to honor that act. And God is going to respond to your request. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I wish somebody would get a hold of this this morning. Amen. I'm telling you. Amen. We we say, well, I'm trying to believe. I'm trying to believe. No, no, no. I'm just telling you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If while I'm preaching this message this morning, you can muster enough faith to say, God, that promise is mine. You might walk out of here in doubt. You might walk out of here in question. But you put your foot down. And now it's time to watch God step in and take care of the situation hallelujah praise God I'm going to prove it to you I'm going to try my best to prove it to you through the scriptures show you some examples let's go to Mark chapter 5 Mark chapter 5 and let's read verses 25 through 29, and uh, then we're going to skip on down to verse 34. And I think I put the wrong scripture titles on there, so don't worry about all that. Just look at the numbers. But Mark chapter 5, verse 25, what does it say? And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind, and she didn't hold his garment. She didn't don his garment. She didn't wrap herself in his garment. Right? What'd she do? She just touched it. This woman's weak. This woman's sickly. This woman's had this condition for 12 years. You've got a problem with blood. You've got problems. The life is in the blood. She's, got, she's not a healthy woman. She's not a strong woman. There's a crowd around Jesus. She can't really elbow her way through and knock people aside and push people aside. She just got to try to edge her way up there just enough to just touch that's all it took she touched his garment read for she said if I may touch but his clothes I shall 
behold. And what happened? Straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body she was healed of that plague. She said, if I can just touch him, if I can just get there for a second, that's all it's going to take. One second for my finger to touch that garment. I know that's all I need and he's going to do the job. And look at what he said. This should be verse 34 is the next one here. Verse 34, look at what he said. He said to her, daughter, Wait, wait, wait. Daughter, my clothes have made you whole. Is that what he said? My clothes have made you whole. No, no, the healing wasn't in the clothes. And in fact, he didn't say your touch has made you whole. But what did he say? Thy faith has made thee whole. Amen. I'm telling you, here's what Jesus said. You don't have to linger in my presence. You don't have to stay here. You don't have to walk with me for the next five miles. You don't have to wrap yourself in what I'm wearing. All it takes is a moment of faith. It wasn't that her finger touched the garment. It was that her faith touched the Lord. And in that moment of faith, Jesus did it. Oh, hallelujah. In fact, in fact, we need get your Bible because I, I should have I should have put this in the list and I, I didn't do it, but I want to show you something about this in Mark chapter five. Praise God. I want to show you the what, what the Bible says. Amen. Mark chapter five and uh, should be verse uh, 30, I think. Yeah, verse 30. Read. And Jesus, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue, wait a minute, that virtue had gone. Jesus knew virtue had gone. We're talking about the man Christ Jesus. You understand the dual nature. He was both God and man. As God, he knew everything. But as man, there were limitations. Are you with me? In that moment, Brother Jared, the man Christ Jesus knew the work was already done. Past tense. He didn't stop and think, am I going to heal this woman or not? He didn't stop and think. In fact, if you read the rest of the story, let, let, let's see what does he say uh, in verse 30. We're not finished here. Knowing that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who? Jesus as a man did not even know who it was that touched him. He didn't make a determination, I'm going to heal this woman. It wasn't about him deciding, now is this my will or is this not my will? I'm telling you that her faith, the instant it touched the Lord, healing happened. It happened that fast before the man Christ Jesus could even stop to think about what needed to be done. It was already done because faith just reached up and pulled it out of him. 
I'm preaching to this church. I'm talking to some folks here today. I'm talking to people that walked into this service with needs. But I'm here to tell you about the one who is the supplier of all of your needs. I know there have been doubts. I know there have been questions. I know you've wondered, will God do it? But I'm here to tell you, the Lord sent this preacher alone to let you know all it takes is one instant today. Just one moment today. If you can let your faith rise and let your faith touch him, God is going to take care of your problem. You need healing in your body today. If you need healing in your body today, you don't have to wait for me to invite you for prayer. The Bible says that in the household of Cornelius, in the household of Cornelius, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And I'm telling you, you don't have to wait until I say, are you sick? You want prayer? You don't have to wait for that. But while I'm speaking the word, if you can just let your faith reach out as feeble as it may be right now, if you can just get your faith to that piece of property, God, there's healing there. I'm close today. I'm in the vicinity today. For just one moment, I'm going to put my foot down. I'm telling you, you'll walk out of here with your healing. Oh, praise God. This is what James said. James 5 and 14 is in his sick among you. Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Is that all it says? We should have got verse 15. And the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith. Amen. Can we get verse 15 up on the wall here, brother? Wisdom, there we go. And the prayer of faith. What's that next word? What is it? Can. May. Should. Do you get the the point here today? The prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord. Come on, say it. And the Lord. And the Lord. And the Lord. Shall raise him up. And if he's committed any sins, they shall be forgiven. I'm preaching to this church today. I'm trying to get a message across to somebody today. I know you've had struggles in your mind. I know there have been times the devil has besought you and plagued you and beat you down and tried to convince you it's not going to happen. But I'm here with a word from the Lord today. Amen. God cares enough about you to let you know all it takes is one moment of faith. One moment Is there anybody in this house today That's got faith to believe That right now Right now Not 15 minutes from now Not an hour from now But right now I believe God is touching me I believe God is taking care Of this problem right now
Oh, let's praise him. Let's praise him. I love you, Jesus. You don't have to set up camp. You don't have to spend the night believing just a moment of faith. One instant of faith, of pure faith, and God will respond. Well, I should have gotten more amens on that. So I guess I need to preach a little while longer and convince some more of you. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God is able to do it. God is able to do it. Hallelujah. God is able to do it. He's able. He's able. He's able. God's a healer. God's going to respond to an act of faith. Jesus, Lord, in your name right now, I'm asking you, God, to reach down and touch. Thank you, Jesus. Look, I don't have to finish preaching. Is there anybody else that believes what I'm saying today? Is there anybody else that can take your foot and put it down for just a moment? Just one moment? Just one instant? I believe it. I believe it right now. I believe it today.